This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Hey, I'm Ray. And I'm Dean. And we're from Joy Breakfast. We hope you enjoy this Joy podcast. You're on Joy Breakfast with Rachel and Dean and it is 10 minutes past eight. Here at Joy, we're proud to create avenues of communication between our communities and Victoria Police with regular spots on air with a representative from the organisation. But we also appreciate that, that isn't, this isn't the case for some people in our communities. This morning, we have our monthly segment with Victoria Police LGBTIQ Portfolio Manager Jeremy Oliver. And while we feel it is important to acknowledge instances that occurred here in Victoria, Midsummer Carnival and Pride March, we also acknowledge that these also require debriefing and consultation with Midsummer itself. So this morning, Jeremy is joining us as we do a wrap of Victoria's Pride season to date, because it's far from over, and find out about all the peri-urban, rural and regional events Victoria Police have been invited to. Morning. Good morning. Now, I need to start because you sent this through and I was like, what is peri-urban? Like, I thought there was metro and regional and I thought, assumed that rural was just regional and now what? Are there different Well, spaces? going off, off peri-menopause, it's like just <laughs> just on the brink of being uh, urban. Just on the cusp? Yeah. Yes. Yep. And to be fair, Living I only age. learned this term at the end of last year, so I'm kind of using it a lot now. So what does it mean? How do we define the spaces? Well, I guess um, it's that... Um, that space that uh, connects metro to regional rural communities. So it's like... So if we're looking at Melbourne, I'm going to need... Like, you're asking... It's, I don't have my Melways with me. So if we're going to break this out... All right, so we've got metro city. Then is metro surrounds or suburbs? Um, yeah, it'll be... I imagine it's like anything that's sort of 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes outside of the city. I love that we've gone into cartography this early <laughs> so in like the morning. So like Werribee... Coburg. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's east. Frankston. Yeah, yeah Frankston, <laughs> Dandenong. We're, Dandenong. We're going to get Dandenong. in so much trouble from some of our listeners now. And then regional and rural. So regional might be Shepparton and then rural might be on the edge of a border. Yeah, like I guess like Orbost, like, you know, those very small kind of towns. I love that we're starting off showing how uninformed we are. <laughs> That, no, I like that. I like that. Like I just wanted to sound fancy. Where you have to go past a lot of trees before you hit the next town, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, no, a that's good, fair. That's a yeah. I like it. Now, the LGBT liaison officers were invited to a number of Pride events over the summer. There was so much going on and there's so much still happening. Tell us about some of the events that you went to. Yeah, gosh, we were invited to a whole number of them. And, you know, I um, wanted to do a bit of a wrap up because last time I was here, we talked about how to keep yourself safe during Pride season. So I mm. thought it was good to um, follow up and do a kind of wrap up. Um, and... You know, at our last town hall that we had in December um, in Geelong, we heard a lot of um, positive feedback about uh, LLO showing up. Yeah. And so we really wanted that to be a focus this year that, you know, we're, um, we're invited to events and um, communities reach out to us. We really wanted to show up. So, so for some of our listeners who may not know, just give us a breakdown of who the LLOs or LGBTI liaison officers are. Yeah, so we've got, uh, it's a network of 550 um, of our police officers that hold this additional portfolio as a LGBTIQA plus liaison officer. Uh, they all identify as part of community or allies and receive specific training um, 
Do all LLOs have the either rainbow or different coloured flag uh, uniform? Yeah, most of them will um, be wearing them. Uh, so you'll see them, yeah, wearing the police rainbow IDs. We've now got the PSO ones. They'll be wearing um, anything oh, rainbow wow. identifying, really. Great. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we showed up um, and were invited to a whole number of amazing events. So we were at the Geelong Youth Rainbow Forum um, late last year, uh, Gippsland Pride uh, Festival Day and Pool Party, um, out in the open, up in Shepparton, uh, the Rainbow P Pedestrian Crossing launch in Geelong. So what does it look like when we're talking about, we all know what the city events are like and, and what that exists for, but what is it like when LLOs are stepping into regional spaces? Uh, take us a bit through that. Yeah, so... Well, um, anytime we do um, step into a more regional space where it starts with a conversation with the event organisers and the uh, rainbow community groups that um, are usually um, hosting an event and looks like what does our participation look like um, and um, who will be attending. So um, our LLOs turn up, um, usually it's with merch, maybe without, um, and really just there to have conversations with the community, show that support. Uh, show that visibility and you know the thing that i um, get out of these events and i'm sure all of our llos do is you know um seeing um young people's faces and that engagement with young people with families like you know showing that we are there if they need any support Something that really shocks me still is that people don't know that LLOs exist. Mm. And I, I'm baffled by that because I've seen you around for so long. Uh, but it is so important to be out there and be really visible. I have a bit of a an interesting question and I don't know if it's something that you can even answer. But do you think that we'll ever see a day where at Pride events only LLO officers come? That's a good question. We do see only LLOs at some events, and that's really where there's no risk to security as to public safety. So, say if um, we looked at um, uh, the drag story time, perhaps at the state library. Yeah, so at um, drag story time, that was just LLOs um, because there was a lot of um, uh, pre-planning and mm -hmm. engagement with the organisers and um, the people putting on the drag story time in it was such a successful day and only LLOs turned up Beautiful. and it was yeah such a positive um, event where um, you know we might get information to suggest there might be some um, protest activity or um, a threat to an event or stuff that's where we may need to see other police um, to support the event and support the people attending and things. Is it based purely on numbers? Like why? Yeah, there's a lot of factors, like numbers of people attending, um, where it's where it's actually based um, is usually a factor. Um, if they're getting any um, negative commentary on social media might play a factor. But um, we always try and um, put the LLOs first and foremost um, to events. Um, and yeah, we'll always have a conversation with the organisers what that looks like. Well, Jeremy, I absolutely love that. We're going to be keeping this conversation going now. I want to find out more about uh, what an invitation looks like and how these organisations get the LLOs to be able to come along and where we're going to see you next. Joy. It's 21 minutes past eight. You're on Joy Brecky with Rach and Dean and we're talking with Victoria Police LGBTIQ Portfolio Manager Jeremy Oliver about the LGBTI Liaison Officers. Now, I was really surprised when you said how many LLOs we have now, over 500. Is that just in Victoria or is that across Australia? 
Uh, so that's just in Victoria. <gasps> and yeah, um, it is our largest liaison officer network. So if we look at all of our liaison officers across different portfolios and intersecting identities, our LLOs is our largest um, liaison officer network. What, what would you kind of put that down to? Because I feel like the minute you say that, there's going to be someone that's going to go, oh, that's woke. What's going on? Rah, rah, rah. But what, I mean, for that to be the largest of those networks that exist within the force, what would you, do you reckon... Well, it started in the year 2000 and it's slowly been steadily increasing ever since then. And I put it down to a real, so obviously, you know, the, the number of queer identifying police officer increases over time because it's a more inclusive and safe place to work in. Uh, but also um, the, um, the allyship is really strong as well. Mm. And also, you know, there's a real appetite and desire to learn and um, educate um, or people to educate themselves in the organisation to better support community. Now, you said that there's other portfolios that also have liaison officers. Can you be a liaison officer in intersecting portfolios as well? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really encouraged to be a liaison officer for different communities. Mm. Um, but, you know, we also recognise that someone, for example, that uh, is queer and lives with a disability may prefer to speak to a disability liaison officer mm. or someone that's multicultural might prefer to speak to a multicultural liaison officer. So really, we want to ensure that everybody has access to these liaison officers, um, depending on uh, which is a safer or more comfortable person to speak to whilst also knowing that they can access information and education from the other liaison officer groups. I think one of the great things we you talked about earlier in the interview is the fact that when it comes to being one of these liaison officers, just putting your hand up isn't all it takes. There's education that happens so that you can properly connect to the community and understand the needs that sit within them when you need to, should they be asking for help. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, a, a recruitment process for this. There's, you know, um, you need to have some prerequisites. Then you get um, some train. You will you get uh, mandatory training and um, access to personal development and. I think it's what's great as well is you have, as you said, many allies are a part of the LGBTI liaison officer program. What is it like when you're a member of that community looking at that education? Do you feel uh, like you're like, oh, that's right, I know this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's actually my role to develop and ah. um, host the training suite of information. So, yeah, there's, what, what I like is we're kind of moving into a more, we're kind of moving past that LGBTIQ plus 101. You know, we're really um, looking at what does um, further education look like for our entire organisation. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of groundwork has been done and now we're looking at what does that next kind of phase of training look like. Well, we were discussing the events that you've been a part of uh, over the summer season and our Pride season in Victoria, well, kind of doesn't stop all year round, does it? We've got Bed Chill Out coming up, Bendigo Pride, so many different things happening. So what events have the um, LGBTI liaison officers been invited to uh, that are coming up? Yeah, so we um, really keep an eye on, you would have, you know about the Pride Events and Festivals Fund that the government mm -hmm. um, provides funding for. So we keep an eye on that and look to see who are successful re recipients and reach out to them or um, just offer um, to have a conversation and catch up to see if they would um, appreciate any LLOs um, at their events um, and also to support them. Um, we also keep an eye on Midsummer's um, Victoria's Pride Regional Activations. Um, but yeah, and it's, you know, something that's very important to us, but we really start with that conversation. So we'll catch up with the organisers, um, any Pride group that's involved in the organising of the event and... Um, yeah, start there. Just what, is, what does support look like for you? 
what is and asking them yes yeah? yeah absolutely and we don't need to be at every event we we're very conscious of that it could our participation could look very different in different ways in different locations at, at different events um, and again that's why that initial conversation is really important but also knowing that we don't need to attend. Yeah, I think a nice thing to acknowledge is the fact that you're invited by these organisations to come and be a part of it. Uh, and that's an important thing to state. Can you tell us a bit about the feedback that you got from the community in Geelong at the Town Hall event? Yeah, so we um, got some amazing um, and we had some really deep conversations at that town hall, which was uh, really important for us. You know, a lot of the conversations then informs the work or the direction that we head in over the next 12 months. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned before, a lot of that feedback was saying um, that community really appreciate uh, police showing up, particularly in these peri-urban um, there's that word again. Oh, Kenton Ruin. did actually message in, by the way, to let us know what Perryurban meant. Okay. Uh, Kenton messaged in saying <laughs> Perryurban is when it's an outer suburb, but they have horse saddles in the windows of the pet stores. <laughs> is that Kenton Miller? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we heard that um, community really appreciates um, Alalo showing up. And, you know, we're also conscious that um, for a period of time, particularly during COVID, Police didn't have opportunities to show up. So there's almost um, a part of a generation or um, demographic where um, we didn't have LLOs available um, or showing up to events. So really, we want to kind of reinforce our commitment to um, communities by showing up. Um, and, you know, we've got a few um, wonderful events that we've been invited to coming up, which we're excited about. So uh, Pride Season is continuing. Yeah, it's as not you know, over. It's, it's all year round at the moment. <laughs> it it's never all year ends. round all the time. It never ends. Yeah. Jeremy, it's been great to hear from you as a, a bit of a wrap-up of the, the crazy part of the Pride the season. And now season. it's the chill part of the Pride season Ooh, with yeah. a chill-out and Bendigo Pride coming up as well. You can get a foot massage, have a spa. It's the perfect way to celebrate Pride. <laughs> yeah, just imagine a whole bunch of LLOs sitting getting foot massages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us this morning on the show, Jeremy, Thanks, in our team. monthly segment. And we'll see you again next month. You're on Joy Breakfast with Rach and Dean. Hey, I'm Rach. And I'm Dean. And I hope you enjoyed this little snippet of the fun we bring to air as a part of Joy Breakfast during weekdays. Don't forget to tune in from 7 till 9am or like and subscribe to the Joy Podcast. And keep yourself out loud and proud. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.